This recording is intended for investment professionals and institutional investors only. This is not intended for use with the general public. Hi, thanks for tuning in. I'm Daniel Longdon, and you are listening to our Macquarie Fixed Income Strategic Forum 2023 Issue 2 podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by Brett Luthwaite, CIO and Global Head of Macquarie Fixed Income. Brett, welcome back. Great to be here, Dan. Looking forward to having a chat. Exciting stuff. So starting with a quick refresher, the Macquarie Fixed Income Strategic Forum sees you bring together the global fixed income team for a series of deep dive discussions on key issues in markets, providing an opportunity to cut through the short-term noise and set medium-term views and strategic positioning. So to kick us off, Brett, could you bring us up to speed about what we're gonna be talking about today? Yeah, sure, Dan. Um, Reflecting on uh, the May Strategic Forum, but also maybe taking it back even further, um, the themes that we've been discussing uh, as a team and also on, on podcasts such as this, you know, those themes have been evolving. Uh, if I think back to some of the podcasts we've done, uh, things like you know, central banks are hiking quantitative tightening, very, very frightening. The one that kicked off the year in January around the delayed reaction, referring to the long and variable lags of this very aggressive monetary policy tightening cycle that we're experiencing. And when I think about May, um, it really is a continuation of that story. Um, a lot of the things we've been talking about remain relevant. They continue to build. Um, and the title of, of uh, this strategic forum and the podcast is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And it es- essentially is a play on the concept of gradually then suddenly. And quite often that's how, I, I guess, recessions um, set in. And so we're asking that with a question mark. And a lot of the work that we did uh, in, in the forum was really asking ourselves these questions, given the patterns that we can continue to see build. You know, where are we at and, and, and what are we looking at now? Okay, that's interesting. So perhaps just for listeners, just re- recap the story so far, so to speak. Yeah, and, and it, it is an interesting story. And there's, there's plenty of, of you know, simple markers and, and things that we can look at and we can compare to history and say, well, look what's experiencing now and what was the impact in the past. And with that, I think we can build a pretty compelling picture of what's been playing out. And the reality is, as quickly as I can, we are experiencing the most aggressive monetary policy tightening cycle in, in many, many years. Uh, the last time anything close to this happened was 1979, 1980. So we're talking about 40 years ago. Um, and we know, looking at all the patterns of past cycles and even ones before that, is when central banks hike or tighten like they are now at the pace, the breadth, the speed that they've done, it's always resulted in a recession. So I think you know that's something we've been talking about. And since we last spoke, you know that is it's probably slowed a bit but it continues and so it's still this very aggressive situation we've talked about quantitative tightening and the big shift that we had central banks had gone from applying lots of lots of quantitative easing they've tried to turn that off they're trying to do quantitative tightening the concept of you know i know everybody knows that when qe was in play the, the key beneficiary was financial markets and and asset prices and and now that you know that's sort of somewhat in reverse so that's other tightening that's going on and we acknowledge that uh, the economy that a lot of these things are going into is nothing like what we've seen in past cycles. Modern uh, monetary policy tightening cycles have been very gradual. A lot of little bits here and there, wait and see the impact. Um, and each and every one of those had an impact as well. And the reason that did that is because of the proliferation of debt in the system. The global economy and financial markets have financialized incredibly over the last 10 to 12 years. 
And so that debt and also this sharp, uh, I guess, interest rate shock that's occurring, they don't blend that well. And we've seen patterns like this in the past. And so it would be natural to, to look at that and then say, well, you know, is that going to create a significant slowdown? And can we see that in all these other indicators? And the story that we've been painting up to this point before we even get into May has essentially been when you look at all the different indicators, whether it's leading um, leading economic indicators, whether it's uh, things around um, some of the commodity prices, um, a lot of the patterns that we normally see when a slowdown is pending are there in clear sight. Um, and I guess since last time, um, that, that game has, has, has continued to accelerate. Okay, Brett, let's, let's get into it then. So let's talk a little bit about what's changed since January and some of the things that you've seen in markets. And also you talked there about the game Give me, give me an understanding of what you mean by that. Yeah, sorry about that. I think probably I was being a little bit flippant there. But I think when you have monetary policy tightening cycles, um, a lot of people refer to, I guess, the tide going out. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a, a famous Buffett saying, and it's as the tide goes out, you, you can tell who's swimming naked. And so, and what that really means is, I guess, the weaker hands, the ones that have probably stretched things when uh, monetary policy is very loose, get found out pretty quick. And um, our take on that in many ways is, is like a game of musical chairs. And so I guess what I was referring to there um, was, you know, the game has continued. In other words, more and more things have been missing out on, on, ch- on chairs. And this traces back, it's probably been 12 months now that, that we've, we've seen that process and, and the, the far reaching things that at certain times everyone was puzzled with, obviously then perform very poorly. Everything from Bitcoin to FTX, um, all sorts of little things. Maybe it was LDI in, in the UK, but you have these little blow ups that are associated with the monetary tide going out, or as we say, you know, in the game of musical chairs, a certain asset class misses out in their chairs. And that continuation of the game, as, as you were asking me there, is when you really think about what's happened since we last spoke, it was essentially the US banking uh, situation. Um, you can't always tell exactly or pinpoint where the next little blow up's gonna happen, and quite often it can be quite surprising, but uh, to see those very rapid uh, bank runs, um, obviously was a continuation of of the tide going out slash this this game of musical chairs. And the key ramification for that, adding to the story that we're building so far, is that um, around that time and then continuing on since then is when you have, I guess, essentially large banks uh, fail, um, the tightening of lending standards in the system is the natural reaction. And the key thing has really happened over the last month is you're now seeing the availability of credit tighten significantly. And it's just another one of those flags up. Very tight monetary policy. You've got QT, you've got all these other indicators occurring. And now you can look at uh, senior loans officers and the like, and they are also pointing to very tight conditions that if you look back through history would associate with a recession beginning sometime, maybe later this year. And that, that is the key thing that really has happened. I guess the game has continued and that tightening of not only monetary policy, but now the credit system is, is really starting to play out. Um, but I think the key thing in this is that it does take time. And even our last conversation, we talked about the delayed reaction and the importance of liquidity. Um, if anything, when I think back about what we've been talking about for 12 months, perhaps we've been a little bit impatient this cycle has been aggressive, but we shouldn't forget that not only monetary policy, but also the tightening of lending standards does have a lag uh, and it can be long and variable. 
So I think we've spoken about this on previous podcasts, but while there's a body of evidence pointing one way, the financial markets don't seem to be paying attention. How do you see that playing out? Yeah, and it, it is quite quite interesting, and, and I guess there was a hint in it with the, the long and variable lags situation. Yeah. But you're right, when we think about the culminating evidence that we've talked about in the past, we recap today, we've added to with um, the tightening of, of credit conditions. And even if I walked you through all these other indicators, whether it's yield curve inversions, yep. Um, there's just even you know activity indices they're all starting to, to, to show that slowdown coming through um, there is quite a building evidence that that suggests a recession's coming and even I guess one of the strangest thing is I think it's even you know somewhere around 70% of market economists are now forecasting a recession right. which you think okay so they should if the evidence is there in plain sight which is obviously what we're looking at um, but it is quite unusual because market economists are quite often, you know, they put on a brighter shade and it's only really when it happens that they acknowledge it. So I think you are pointing out a very interesting situation is it seems obvious with what we know and what we can see and all the information and we can compare it to history um, that ultimately we would think that perhaps financial markets would be getting the message by now, but they continue to be quite resilient. We spent, you know, some of um, the forum thinking about some of these themes and I think first and foremost, we, we acknowledge that um, the post-pandemic economy is a bit different. Uh, there was a significant disruption from both the pandemic, but obviously the war with Ukraine. And so a lot of things were out of sync. And obviously the key consequence there was the inflation component to it and also tight labour markets. And with tight labour markets, you know, perhaps activity can hang in there a bit longer um, and it may be more resilient to, to this considerable tightening that's taken place. But our sense is that, um, you know, th there could be a couple of other things that have, have popped up that maybe are helping uh, the situation as well. Uh, the first one um, that we, we really looked into was, uh, I guess, the proliferation of, of private debt and private credit. Yep. Uh, I mean, the true story is, yes, I think that's always been a bit of an asset class, but it was always very small before uh, the last 10 years or so of zero interest rates in QE. Um, and because that environment really lacked yield and the, the overarching reaction to it was a chase or need for yield, the, the whole private debt universe really um, expanded and it really grew. And it was the new, new thing. It was the big fad. Um, and so we had a bit of a look at that and thought, well, um, is, uh, I guess, perhaps the weaker hands now in that space? And, and is there strengths and weaknesses with that? Um, and I guess we, you know, the jury's probably out on that. It is true that because it's private and it's more one-to-one -one lending, there's no real liquidity gates, perhaps the, the terming out is through different times, um, that quite possibly um, this, you know, big part of, I guess, what is now shadow financing um, could soften or elongate the cycle a little bit. Equally though, um, ultimately that could just be where the problems are and because it's in the private world and because it's in the shadows, perhaps um, the problems are harder to see. And in time, you know, this tightening that we're seeing may start to reveal itself, but it is quite possible that that's contributing to the delay. Okay, that's really interesting. Um, I also just want to touch on another topic that I believe you did some work on around uh, AI and how that might be impacting uh, markets. Yeah. So. Um, uh, 
it, it, there's a couple of probably interesting angles to it and it, it may be a bit too early, but yeah, that's right. In, in the first week, we did a, a special investigation into artificial intelligence because it really is something that everyone's talking about. It does seem to be trans, transformative and it could really, really impact um, all sorts of different companies, all sorts of different industries in a, in a profound way. So we felt it was worth time um, analysing that in some level of depth. Um, we'll continue to, to watch that um, in detail and even ask ourselves how we may be able to take advantage of it to, to enhance our processes and the like. But I think the interesting thing that we've seen in financial markets since this has really become a story is that anyone involved in AI, um, namely the, the large tech companies, have really benefited in terms of share price moves. There's been almost an AI-type AI rally um, and given how large these tech companies are, that influence on overall indices seems to have been a quite a positive one. So just this sense that there's this new, new thing, it's AI, um, it has got this incredible um, potential. It has created this sense of a move higher in particularly the technology sector, but that seems to have dragged things a bit higher. And again, that just adds to this sense that financial markets are perhaps doing much better than they otherwise would with a recession. Um, but maybe there is something in that as well, because uh, that technology, although I think it's going to be very disruptive for some, could be very advantageous for others. Um, but it's a very interesting theme that we're going to keep our eye on. Okay, so that's two themes. Is that going to be enough? Well, I think um, they're, they're interesting themes, and I, I guess uh, it keeps coming back. I mean, the forum took place amid the debate around the debt ceiling and the debt ceiling creates a lot of noise as well and perhaps there's a number of liquidity components to that that, that could change here in a moment. Um, so that's other noise. Um, I think we've all got to acknowledge too that inflation is coming off now. I mean, it might be a bit stickier in doing that, but the real reasons why central banks were doing what they're doing um, seems to be working now. Um, and quite possibly that you know enables central banks to, to be a bit easier towards the end of the year and that could create a bridge. But I think you're right to some degree. I mean, these stories and themes, maybe they've all got some validity to them. Um, but ultimately, the evidence is the evidence, right? Yep. Okay, so let's just wrap some of that up, Brett. Knowing you as I do and listening, I think I have an idea of where you're going to land. But looking at all those variables, how do you think it's all going to play out? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I think the evidence is, is, is the evidence, and there's always reasons why this time might be different, um, but they generally don't play out that way. Um, as we've kind of alluded to in, uh, in the title, but also I guess talked about numerous times is that monetary policy works with long and variable lags. And this cycle has been extremely aggressive. And I think even ourselves, we, we perhaps thought that you would have seen things earlier than you have. But the reality is it does take somewhere between 12 and 15 months before you really start to see the impact of rate hikes. And it really has only been about that time now since with this um, tightening cycle began. And so it's really only now and into the future that we're gonna to start to really see the impacts. And it was very aggressive. There was quite a lot of tightening and there's still more happening now. And so that suggests that that impact is still in the next 12 months, um, beginning more or less now. And also when I talked about um, the you know, clear evidence we have now around um, banks tightening lending standards or even all finance companies you know, tightening lending standards, um, with that situation occurring, it, it's always somewhere around about a six-month lag. 
And that really only started to begin in earnest somewhere in the, the first quarter, probably most more likely around the US banking situation. And so again, if you go March and you add six months, it's sort of more September. Mm-hmm. And so it really is about patience, I think, and those long and variable lags. That is, that's very important. And, and it is that sense of until ultimately it's right in the front of the face of the markets, you know, they, they tend to hold on for as long as possible. We reiterate that, you know, one thing that we haven't talked too much about, but I did touch on is the liquidity side of things is very, very important. Um, our sense is that liquidity was great um, when there was lots of QE and, and that the influence on financial markets was good. It really was supportive. But the forecast, if indeed it happens um, for the next few months, is that liquidity will drain from the system. Mm. Uh, and if that does, you know, that could create um, some difficulties as well. And I add that to the economic situation. I am somewhat cautious that liquidity may not drain because yeah. as things break, um, central banks have been coming to the situation, whether it was in the UK with the LDI situation, whether it's been in Japan with trying to peg the yield curve, whether it's with the banking crisis, central banks have had to afford more liquidity, essentially stopping that liquidity drain. But if indeed that liquidity drain takes place, it just adds more pressure. And so I guess when we opened up, it really came to this concept of a play on gradually and suddenly. And it does feel like patience. You know, there, there will be a, a bit more time where perhaps, given that it is consensus, given that everyone's already positioned for this, that maybe that part, patience will be exhausted. We could even see people sort of give up on maybe the recession isn't going to happen. Maybe it is a soft or no landing. But our sense that that gradually then suddenly will start to play out, and hence the title. With the question mark, is it going to occur everything, everywhere, all at once? And uh, we would probably warrant caution along those lines. So as an experienced investor with many decades of fixed income knowledge looking at markets now, how are you thinking of allocating portfolios? Yeah, it's a, it's a very similar thing. We've been sort of positioned like this for, for, for some time and most of this year. We've been more and more encouraged by where bond yields are at. Um, we acknowledge that with you know stickiness inflation, central banks might have a little bit more work to do, but they're close to the end, if not at the end. Yeah. Um, and generally, bonds perform very well in recessions. Uh, yeah, as we think, a recession most likely does occur sometime, you know, maybe Q3 into Q4. Um, any sort of backup here, I think we'd be adding more to our bonds or duration positioning. On the credit side, I mean, I think we need to be cautious that the, the bottom-up view that we're getting from our, our analyst team is uh, generally of one, winners and losers, that, you know, they're not necessarily in the camp, that um, it's going to happen to everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, they think there's definitely some sectors that are performing quite well through this. Um, so I think you can be very selective and as different opportunities pop up. But we're still playing that from the cautious side. We think spreads can be quite a bit wider in a recession. Uh, and hence, we're, we're running higher cash levels in anticipation for that. Uh, hopefully, um, some of, I guess, these views in some level of a, I guess, normal type recession plays out and, and we're able to use some of that dry powder towards the end of the year. So at the moment, sort of running lower levels on things like emerging markets and high yield, but acknowledging that the all-in yields that we're seeing in a lot of these asset classes are pretty attractive and provided um, ultimately, you know, a slowdown or a recession, which you know includes things like uh, revisions of earnings and ultimately impacts on share prices. As we start to see that, there, there should be some opportunities to, to get out there and, and invest a bit more in those sectors. Well, that's really interesting. And, and when do we catch up next? When's the next strategic forum so we can hear that? 
September. Day, so September. it could be quite interesting by then. You know, when I reflect back to January, um, and we talked about delayed reaction, uh, liquidity contraction, uh, we were like, yeah, look, I think things can break. Something's going to break. And sure enough, I'm not sure we picked it, but um, there you go. Some some banks failed. So, yeah, you, you know, it seems like not much can change, but quite, quite possibly by September, there'll be a lot more to talk about. So, Brett, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been great to talk to you about the latest strategic forum outcomes. Always a pleasure, Dan. Thank you. And really good and looking forward to the next one as well. Um, to our listeners, thank you very much for uh, listening in. I would look forward to any feedback that you've got or any questions and uh, catch up soon uh, in later this year. Thank you. You can find out more about the Macquarie Fixed Income Team online or directly from our relationship managers. So do reach out if you have any further questions and thank you very much for listening. The views expressed in this podcast represent those of the speaker and are subject to change. Nothing presented should be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security or follow any investment technique or strategy and does not constitute advice, an advertisement, an invitation, a confirmation, an offer or a solicitation to engage in any investment activity or an offer of any banking or financial service. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. All examples herein are for illustrative purposes only and there can be no assurance that any particular investment objective will be realised or any investment strategy seeking to achieve such objective will be successful. Past performance is not a reliable indication of future performance. Before acting on any information, you should consider the appropriateness of it with regard to your particular objectives, financial situation and needs and seek advice. No representation or warranty expressed or implied is made as to the accuracy or completeness of the information, opinions and conclusions presented. In preparing this recording, reliance has been placed without independent verification on the accuracy and completeness of all information available from external sources. Macquarie Asset Management offers a diverse range of products, including securities investment management, infrastructure and real asset management, and fund and equity-based structured products. Macquarie Investment Management is the marketing name for certain companies comprising the asset management division of Macquarie Group. These include the following investment advisors. Macquarie Investment Management Business Trust, Macquarie Funds Management Hong Kong Limited, Macquarie Investment Management Austria Capital Anglage AG, Macquarie Investment Management Global Limited, Macquarie Investment Management Europe Limited and Macquarie Investment Management Europe SA. Other than Macquarie Bank, none of the entities noted in this podcast are authorised deposit-taking institutions for the purposes of the Banking Act 1959 Commonwealth of Australia. The obligations of these entities do not represent deposits or other liabilities of Macquarie Bank Limited. Macquarie Bank Limited does not guarantee or otherwise provide assurance in respect of these obligations of these entities unless otherwise noted. Copyright 2021 Macquarie Group Limited. Please visit the website macquarieim.com about region-specific disclosures for important regional disclosures.